Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. Welcome to December, Michelle. Oh. Can you believe it's December? Can no, you believe it's, it's December? This year's gone by really fast. Oh my gosh, it has. I don't understand. It's been crazy. Are you all ready for Christmas? No. No. <laughs> no. Same. It's only three weeks away. Well, in I was in for a wake-up call when you announced to me that your wedding was like 95 days away. Yeah, I know. And that was like five days ago. So yeah. So it's like, it's like 90, 90. Oh my god, I gotta put my drink down. I know. I have to get my shit together too. Like, we're gonna be meal prepping. It's gonna be awesome. Lose a few pounds before the wedding, you know? I'm not rolling in like this. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so we hope you're enjoying your December. I need to decorate still for Christmas. Haven't done that. We got our tree oh, and we have two lights, strings of lights on it. Nice. Thus far. We're getting our tree tomorrow. Oh, okay. So Where are you going to go? Do you know? Yeah, we go to the same place for the past two years. Do I know the name? No. Do you cut it down yourself or do you go get one? You just look at it. A- no. So we walk around and this place is nice because you just like, they give you a tag and you put it on the tree that you want and then they go cut it down for you, bring it up for you, oh. shake it strap it down and put it in your truck so that's we never like really first class car. tree service yeah, right i guess so, that's what comes from living in oregon that's true yeah so we just walk around looking around we're like ooh, and then we we went and got um we went to a u-cut place with uh-huh. our friends and their kids and the grandparents were there and they were like they brought their chainsaw and they were yeah. going to go out and cut their own tree and we walked about halfway down the path and we're like We'll see you guys later. <laughs> we just got one of the pre-cut ones. <laughs> right? Sometimes it's just easy. Yeah. It's nice looking. I'm happy with yeah. it. It was probably cut that day. Exactly. So. I am allergic to grand fir trees. So Is that right? Yeah. So How did you away. come to find that out? It was, who was it? I think a family member had a grand fir tree for Christmas and when I was sitting there, I just, I couldn't breathe. I had an asthma attack the whole time. Oh couldn't breathe and that happened several times when we were visiting friends or family with grand furs and it like, attacks it's... my asthma i can't breathe in that house which i love you know trees i want to smell them but it's interesting right it is interesting so, oh caitlin leave it to you to be allergic to the weirdest effing thing ever know, right <laughs> <Isn't> that weird <laughs> just that specific tree huh all other christmas trees fine yeah so since it's uh, the Christmassy season, what did you make, Michelle? We made Christmas mojitos. Oh man, yeah, they're they're pretty good, and I think they would be good anytime, like because they're not really Christmassy flavored at all. Yeah, it's a uh, it's very refreshing. Yeah, it looks Christmassy because they're nice and white, and mm-hmm. like we put some mint in it, of course. So. We made the pitcher version. Oh, yeah. Because the individual drink version was like tablespoons of booze. And obviously, that's not going to work out that's for not us. not going to work out. We got a podcast to record. I'm <laughs> yeah. not doing that shit sober. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Okay. So, at the bottom of your pitcher, you muddle. I just took like a handful of mint and threw mm-hmm. it down there. And you squeeze what? How many limes? Like five? It was five, yeah. Five li- full limes. And then I put about a 
quarter of cup of sugar at the bottom. And then so we muddled all that up, added a half a cup of white rum and then a quarter cup of coconut rum, mm-hmm. added a whole can of unsweetened coconut milk, the kind you use for curry and mm-hmm. stuff, and mix that all together. And then you pour that over ice and then top it with some sparkling water. Boom. That's pretty good. It is really good. And I lied. I did four limes. Oh, fuck you, <laughs> Well, forget it. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, I didn't realize I was doing the podcast with a liar. Uh, I was, you know, I told the truth at the end. No, we appreciate uh, it. I'm glad you owned up to it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Took responsibility. It's no. really good, but yeah, you need the, I think you need the sparkling water because it's really thick. Yeah, it's almost like a milkshake or something. Or maybe if you used light coconut milk, maybe oh, it maybe. wouldn't be quite as thick. thick and maybe a little coconut water instead of maybe. the sparkling water. Like the coconut is not overbearing as you would think with coconut milk. Um, it's yeah. It's very tasty. You can taste the lime and you can taste the rum. So One thing that did happen, which I'm not super excited about, right. is it kind of curdled a little bit when you added the sparkling water. Yeah. So that was a little bit unappealing, but we still drank the shit out of them. Yeah, they're very tasty. So don't let that put you off because it's delicious. Yeah. Drink them down. So this story is about Carrie Gutierrez. Carrie Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. So, Carrie is a senior in high school. Okay. And it's November 20th, 2008 in Oakland, California. Okay. Okay. Oakland. So, uh, Carrie gets out of school early. It's a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes home. And her mom is a waitress and she cleans offices, like, at night. Okay. So, she has one job as a waitress during the day, uh-huh. probably, and then their second Correct. night job. Okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Carrie would go and help her because, mm. you know, she works two jobs. You know, she's tired. So the extra help, I'm sure, is really appreciated. Oh, I'm sure. So on this day, her mom calls her. Hey, can you come help me? And she's like, yes, I will come. And it's like almost, it's like 930 at night, mm. I would say. So Carrie calls her friend, like her best friend, to see if she wants to go help her. You know, mm. the more hands, the better. Why not? Uh, they say yes, and then she calls her other friend and asks if he would drive them. So he says yes, and he goes and picks them up. So this office is near the airport, the Oakland airport. airport. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now it's around, yeah, 10, I mean, 9.30-ish, you know, they're heading that way. They're listening to music, and Carrie's in the passenger seat, and her best friend's in the back seat, and the guy's driving. Okay. And they pull up to a red light, and now it's about 10 o'clock. And now Michelle is getting nervous <laughs> and uncomfortable right. with the suspense. Yeah. And while they're waiting at this red light, all of a sudden, Carrie feels shocks, like electric shocks. What? Going oh, through her body. my gosh. I have a guess of what's going on. And then there's commotion in the car, and she heard her friend. Uh, in the back saying, like, what's happening? What's going on? Yeah. And then... What is going on? She thought that a car had hit them from the back. Mm. Um, but then she heard her friend who was driving yelling that he was shot. <gasps> she looks oh. at him and his driving hands, like, on the wheel, he was shot in the arm. And she saw a bullet hole in his in, arm. In his, oh, my yeah. gosh. 
And she tried to ask if he was okay, but something wasn't right. And he Mm. looks at her, and he quickly looks away. And then she puts her hand (sighs) near her face, and her hand pretty much just, like, goes into (gasps) her face. Because her face is, like, not there anymore, pretty much? This is what she states. And then, that's when I touched my face, I didn't feel anything, and I looked towards the dashboard, and all of my gums, my teeth, everything were there. What? And I looked back, and there was a big bullet hole from the backseat window, and I was just like, oh my god. Oh my god! (laughs) I I know, right? What? So... How is she alive? Girl, right? (gasps) So Carrie was shot, and it hit her in the right jaw... And it pretty much just exploded her like face. Like blew her jaw off her face. Pretty much. She states, and all of a sudden, I just started feeling sleepy. So sleepy. Oh my God. I've never felt this sleepy before. And I couldn't even keep my eyes open. I was <sighs> like, oh, here it is. I'm leaving. This is it. So the driver is now just driving. Like He's they, getting the F out exactly, of there. Exactly. Yes. And they continue to drive, and now Carrie's body is, like, convulsing, and her oh. legs are, like, kicking. What? And she said that she was unconscious for a little bit, and she said she, f- she doesn't know if she died, but she felt her, like, her in, a, like, a dark space. Like, she was not in oh. her body. Um, and then she was thinking of, like, this, still, this is it, but she's like, no, I need to come back. And oh. so she... Oh my god, I have such goosebumps. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So luckily, the driver spots two parked police cars, and they pull up next to him, and he's just like, we were shot at, called an They're like, uh, hashtag no shit, Uh, look at the poor girl in the back. Yeah, they got got out of their car, saw Carrie, and was immediately like, we're gonna get you help, is everything gonna be okay? They called the ambulance. (sighs) So now Carrie can't talk because her throat is now filled with blood. So she's choking on her oh own my blood. Gosh. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> it's like, I'm having a hard time breathing again. Yeah. Uh, she said that she hoped her mom knows that she didn't die in pain because oh. she could feel no pain. She was just super sleepy. That, uh, that is a little reassuring. Oh, I know. Like, right? I mean, I have to be honest. She's in... The worst shape of her entire life. Her jaw is on the fucking dash in front of her, and she's not feeling any pain. Yeah, like, and it's and, tired and really yeah. Sleepy. It's like that doesn't sound so bad, no, right? <laughs> she states, "I saw the freeway entrance and kind of was like, can I go? Would I make it if we go on the freeway and take me to Highland Hospital?" And I was like, "No." So I just closed my eyes and I was just in the car like, "This is it." And I don't know. I just thought about my family. And then I opened my eyes. And I was like, no, don't give up. Don't give up. Just try to hold on. And they called the ambulance. And they came a couple of moments before. And I was about to pass out because of all the blood. And I I wouldn't even know. Like, how do they even start working on that? Yeah. I mean, oh, sorry. She said, I was just kicking and couldn't talk. Oh, Mm. my God. So, on the way to the hospital, the ambulance people are, like, trying to keep her awake. Like, mm. how old are you? What's your name? Could you imagine trying to keep someone in that, like, shape? No. Like, conscious? <laughs> I cannot even imagine. Ugh. So, she couldn't talk, of course, so she can only write. So, she would write the oh, answers. Oh, wow. Yeah, because she couldn't talk. Yeah, I was actually kind of wondering about that, but. <laughs> right, when they're asking her questions. Like, yeah, it's like, uh, bitch, I can't answer. <laughs> yeah. No. 
she's writing it down so but she tried to stay positive the whole time she got nervous when the paramedic uh, radioed in level one level one trauma i don't know what that means but it sounds bad yeah i feel like we should look it up hang on so was it you saw you... oh so a level one trauma yeah. is the highest level of trauma care Level one trauma centers provide care to the most critically ill or injured patients, and that often includes severe car accidents, falls from high places, and other accidents with extreme injuries. And only 20%, you said? Yeah, like only 25% oh, wow. live in comparison. They have a 25% survival rate, is oh. what it sounds like. Oh my gosh. So it was amazing that Carrie stayed awake. They think it was just her adrenaline, you know, keeping her awake. Gosh, the, again, I am astounded by the human body and the human spirit. She also knew the severity of the injuries when she came into the emergency room and all the nurses and doctors were wide-eyed. Yeah, that's not like, <laughs> if they're shocked, yeah. that can't be good. The last thing Carrie remembers was she was being laid down on a bed and seeing bright lights. Mm. The bullet shot left her toothless, pretty much jawless, and deaf in one ear. Ugh. It was one week before Carrie's awareness returned. So she was out of it for at least oh, a week. Oh, wow. She had been in a medical haze and had a tracheotomy tube uh, stabbed into her throat so she could breathe through all the blood. Oh. Uh, she had a notepad and would start to write things but would fall asleep in the middle. Oh, so just poor so thing. Much, I know. Yeah. Well, your body has been going yeah. an extreme situation. She was trying to ask about her friends in the car, if she still had a nose, her right ear. If she still had a nose? I know. (laughs) And asking uh, asking for her mom in a mirror so she could see what has happened to her. Like, we don't want to give you a mirror. That's exactly right. Doctors and nurses did not advise bringing a mirror. They were afraid that she would go into a deeper depression and, you know. And be like, I'm done. Forget Mm -hmm. it. But her mom gave her a small makeup mirror because she was going to see it sooner or later. Um, oh, you can get on your mom. I know. God damn it. <laughs> she states, I had tubes everywhere. This scar down my jaw was up on the right cheek then. I had metal plates, a trachy, a trach scar, uh, blood in my ear, blood in my fingernails, Ugh. blood in her hair. I just looked ugly. <laughs> So she didn't feel sadness or shock. She felt relieved. She knew it was not going to be pretty, but now she could see what actually had happened to her. She was in the hospital just under a month, and the whole time she kept that mirror nearby. She wasn't obsessing, she said, about her looks or judging herself, but with all the tubes and the mucus, and she was slobbering a lot. I would be fascinated with... Everything that was going right. on. I think that's what it was. So she wanted to keep cleaning herself because she felt uncomfortable when it was like mm. all the mucus and stuff. So she oh, kept cleaning thank herself. Thank God. Ugh. Yeah. And she had had screw. I mean, she had a bone graft for her jaw, screws. Oh, it was intense. Yeah. Intense is right. She states, I'm hella smart. I'm really smart. I've achieved a lot of things in my life, but my face, I really was like, that part of my life is over. That partying, that modeling, that hanging out, that depending on my looks, that was all over with. I just wanted to do something different. So she was inspiring to be a model and Mm. being in the beauty industry, and this kind of shattered her dreams. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Carrie only cried a handful of times at the hospital and it was usually out of frustration with the pace of her healing she just wanted to heal faster yeah 
She finally broke down and had real tears when she was released and on her way home. Oakland, East Oakland, is not the greatest of cities, as I was told by Michelle as well. <laughs> it's a little it's a little scarier in it's East very, Oakland sometimes. Yeah. She I've driven through there. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. It's very dangerous, and Carrie and her family were scared because Carrie is still in Oakland. Kind of mm. in the slums, they said. The awful thing is that the individual or individuals were never caught, and they still don't know why. They, it could have been a gang initiation, just an unlucky day. They don't yeah. know. And they were never caught. Like, no one was put to justice for this yeah. awful thing. Still at large. Yep. So when they got to the freeway, she starts to bawl her eyes out because this because she's scared. She was weaker now, and she really used her looks uh. um, to... Help her you get know. by. Exactly. And... Yeah. So while she was home, there was waves of doubt, despair, and loneliness. Mm. Her jaw was attached to her face with an external semi-circular wire brace. I don't know what the F that means, but it doesn't sound fun. <laughs> external semi-circular wire brace. Yes. Uh, so Carrie luckily had good medications because she didn't feel a lot of pain. Mm. But she was unable to eat and she lost 20 plus pounds or 20 oh. pounds and could barely walk. Oh, so gosh. So she lost a lot of weight and she was already kind of petite girl already. So oh. Carrie's mom was hit hard because they were getting, you know, poorer and poorer because she would miss a lot of shifts to help Carrie. Help her know? poor daughter who needed the help. My exactly. God. And not only, you know, missing shifts, you know, she's sad about what happened to her you know her daughter yeah this is a devastating event for everyone involved so she didn't want to be away from her yeah she almost lost her life yeah it sucks that she even has to go to work at Mm -hmm. all you know i mean i know they have leave for stuff like that but you don't get paid but carrie's face is now healing but victims of violence usually find themselves in a lonely place and no one around them knows how to help Mm. so tammy cloud and intervention specialists in the Caught in the Crossfire program out of Oakland, a nonprofit called Youth Alive, is assigned to Carrie's case. So she provides emotional and practical support uh, to youth victims. Is it like people who have just been shot randomly, essentially? That's what it sounds like. So- <laughs> Caught in the Crossfire? God. Well, with this part of Oakland, it's really for kids who, you know, Potentially getting out of gangs, yeah, gang bound, um, going down a bad path. Mm. Carrie's healing was still dragging though, and her spirits were low, and her jaw was now wired shut. So things are healing, but God, I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine. But Tammy kept showing up to their appointments, and she had a plan. So the first thing was to get a homeschool nurse to help with the recovery and to keep her on track for graduation because she's a senior in high school. Oh, of course. Gosh. Yeah. Then therapy. Even though Carrie didn't think she needed therapy, she says, I thought I was going to be cool and I didn't think I needed therapy. I thought Tammy was thinking that I was crazy or something. And I was, but I just didn't know it. Mm. So I think she's trying to be stronger uh, than she actually is. Well, and, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable. Exactly. You know, and it's, uh, I think she's stronger than she knows she is. Absolutely. You know, but everybody needs help. Everyone needs to lean sometimes. Or she was putting, or she was kind of in denial. Like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. But yeah, this wasn't that big of a deal. Right. In fact, it was a huge deal. Because Carrie was afraid to leave the house. 
and even to sleep because she had nightmares of being shot and she felt uh, also helplessness as well. So she would be afraid to sleep. Poor thing. She kept working on herself and she actually finished with her GED and started college in Hayward and they actually moved um, out of Oakland. Mm. That was maybe a little bit of a relief for her. Yeah. Get a little change of scenery. And she actually started to play volleyball. Oh, And her self-esteem started to climb. Tammy and Carrie became very close, and Tammy loved who Carrie was becoming. Mm. She asked Carrie if she would want to speak to Oakland students, and Carrie loved that idea. (sighs) I'm getting a little (laughs) emotional. (laughs) Both of them thought this would be a good way to get the attention of young people. Might make them think and help prevent the same things of happening. Mm. What she went through is kind of why she wanted to talk to the students and mm. show them, like, her face, like, what can happen. This is the result of yeah. this behavior. Carrie was still on her own journey to recovery when a job opened up at Youth Alive, where mm. Tammy was, and the program called Teens on Target. Tammy encouraged Carrie to apply. The Teens on Target identifies East Oakland high school students with leadership skills and helps them develop presentations on violence how to deal with how to deal with violence avoid it and even if they are surrounded by it how to you know like get themselves out of it yeah or Mm -hmm. oh i see yeah how to achieve even though you're surrounded by violence so meeting with the hiring committee this was the first time carrie was going to tell her story in front of a group so Mm. she kept calling it her situation and she didn't actually say what had happened i Mm. think it was harder than she thought it wasn't until she interviewed with the student board of the... The Youth the, Alive. Yeah, the Teen on Target. Oh, um, of course, yeah. Which made her actually tell her story. Mm. It was something about those kids that really made her comfortable and wanted to let them know what had wanted happened. To open up. So it was now time to begin her new life. She met with students and spoke with them about her story. Of course, Carrie still had a lot of healing left to do, and there was some drawbacks when she came uh, to her jaw and teeth because, you know, she needed dentures now. Her jaw did uh, heal, but now she needed dentures. And actually, part of the dentures came infected. Well, a part of the jaw came infected. Oh, my goodness. So she had to go... You know, she just had a lot of stuff to still work through, and she said that she was struggling with... You know, people would tell me I look beautiful, but every time I looked in the mirror, I didn't see it. You know, so her self-image was really... Um, Girl, was your, really... your soul shines through. But Carrie established herself as an effective speaker and community leader who took steps to prevent incidents like hers from happening again. Mm. So she goes around talking to students, telling her story, and even got to work uh, at the mayor's office. So she she posted a 10-year video, so 2018, it was 10 years. And this woman is gorgeous. I think, like, you couldn't tell anything had happened to her. Oh, wow. Absolutely not. Actually, I'll show you a picture right now. Yeah, let's bring that Um, up. Oh, yeah. This is her now. Oh, come on, girl. You look amazing. I know, right? Isn't she beautiful? She is beautiful. My word. Stunning. Oh, wow. Look at... Oh, yeah. This is... Her x-rays? Oh, Uh my word. Oh, God. Those must be the screws that are holding her jaw together. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Absolutely. But I think she looks great. Wow, looks like she's killing it. That's for sure. So, she went through a lot. Yes, she did. 
she thinks her like therapist and physical therapist. She thinks everyone, which mm-hmm. is a really sweet video, but she really talks about her story as well, like what happened mm-hmm. and what she was going through. Actually, Youth Alive printed this story about her. It's like 28 pages long, so a lot of this came from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really in-depth and it's just amazing uh, what she overcame, honestly. Do we know what happened to the friends? Well, I mean, the... Did they live? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's the main thing I want to know. Yes. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> they supported her? Um, no, yeah, they survived. What the F are you talking about? Nothing. I don't think the the friend in the back got shot. Like, there was no injuries there. Oh, okay. Um, so it was it's just, just the, the driver, driver who got shot in the her. arm. Mm-hmm. Poor Carrie. Yeah. God. So Carrie was the one that got the... The brunt of it. Exactly. So uh. I think the interesting thing is, you know, how we tell survival stories and at the end you know they're striving they're doing great which she is but we never really talk about this huge gap of them trying to the ups and downs yeah i guess of putting their life back together exactly Mm. and i think it's your jaw infected when you're trying to get your new teeth and right i think it's important when people are telling the story like they went through a like a depression like they were not feeling good about themselves and mm. all the struggles. And I think that's good to talk about too, because it's not like this happened to me and now I'm doing great. Yeah. And it's I bounced like, back and it was no problem. Exactly. Yeah. So I really uh, thought that was great that she was able to open up about her uh, mental struggles as well. Mm. So yeah. I think she is going to be, well, I think she is a great speaker. I hope she gets to a lot of kids and this doesn't happen again. Yeah. And just not to have justice either. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, you were that just, would be really hard. You were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Uh, or was she well. at the right place at the right time because she needed this in her life to make her the amazing human that Could, she, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, don't know. But, well, no, she does appreciate like all the opportunities she's, you know, people have given her and she's been working well, hard. And so she is a different person exactly. than she was at the Absolutely. beginning. I mean, there's no way you could not be a different person. Right. So. I mean, she could have been going down because she was, uh, she used to party a lot, mm. drink, smoke weed. I mean, not so Oh, I that. see. <laughs> I'm not that saying, felt very judgy, no, Caitlin. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, she was going down, like, a party path that could lead, you know. Maybe lead into some trouble in a different way. Yeah, exactly. And she got out of Oakland, and um, but she was able to go back, you know, talk to kids and stuff like that. But I think maybe a change of scenery helped as well. Yeah, probably. Absolutely. Oh, so. gosh. Well, uh, I guess run into my story. Cause... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> are we on track today? We kind of are a little bit. Should we stop for a little, a little second drink? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Michelle. So let's hear it then. All right. I apologize. I know I do it every time, but I'm going to do it again. Um, For everything, I'm going to mispronounce in this whole story. So because one, we're in Russia and two, it's sciencey. So (laughs) it's going to be nothing but a good time. Okay. So I'm taking us back uh, to July 13th, 1978. Oh, way way back. back. Yeah. It's almost as old as I am or yeah, almost anyway. Sorry. All right. Uh, so this story is about Anatoly Burgoski. Oh, okay. So that sounds good. I feel pretty good about yeah. that. This 36-year-old scientist uh, was conducting business as usual, and he was a researcher at the Institute for High Energy Physics in, oh, God. Pro- in Russia. Propvino. <laughs> okay. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, in Russia. <laughs> Working with the U-70 
Synchrotron. Wow. I'm like on fire today. I feel like I'm nailing all these words. It's, it's impressive. So I guess it is the largest particle accelerator in Russia. Wow. So including even today, it's oh. still the largest. That's impressive. Photon or largest particle accelerator. So what do you, do you know what that does? Okay. <laughs> Not really. But <laughs> I would maybe say. a little. What I think it does, and actually maybe it gets into this. Okay. Um, is, you know what, maybe I shouldn't even try to explain it in my, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about kind of way, but yeah. I, you know, I think it's a, essentially a big round circle. So it's almost like a track okay. where they shoot protons to speed up faster than, so it's essentially kind of making a laser. I don't know. That was kind of my impression. That is most likely completely wrong. And by the way, you're looking at me, <laughs> I'm not feeling like a scientific genius <laughs> you know science was my worst subject so i'm not even gonna say nothing because i don't know well my understanding is they were gonna try to actually create a black hole using oh one where they were gonna have like they were gonna accelerate it and then have it like crash into something and it was supposed to create a black hole it was a big hood why are we creating black holes people well it didn't work but they were concerned <laughs> that we were gonna actually destroy the earth this was back in like 2008 or 9 or something Back when poor Carrie was dealing with her stuff. Um, My gosh, a lot so. happened that year. Yeah, I guess so. Why do you want to create a black hole? Um, to see if they could and to study it and be able this to... This just sounds like Jurassic Park. They didn't think, yeah. you know, should they? Yeah. Or yeah, what was it? Could they, they? Or what was it? We're the worst. It's like you wanted to know if you could. You didn't stop to think, think if you, you should. should. Yeah. Well, you should not. Anyway, my understanding is it didn't work. The world did not die. We didn't get sucked through a tiny black hole. So I guess that's good news. That's good news. Good news. So back to Burgoski. Yes. Uh, that sounded good. I'm sorry. No, that sounded great. I liked it. I I won't. Actually, I'm not making any promises. I might end up trying to do a Russian accent later. and Please. just Please. End up hurting everybody's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. So back to Burgoski. Uh, it was business as usual that day. He was checking for faulty pieces of, of equipment and checking the safety mechanism on the machinery that had failed at apparently exactly the wrong moment. Mm. So he was leaning his head over in the direct path of the main proton beam <gasps> as it moved towards him at nearly the speed of light. Oh, my gosh. So this proton is going fast as hell. So it was going from one part of the accelerator tube to the next. And what ended up happening is the beam entered the back of his head and exited <gasps> out his nose. So Whoa. it went just straight through his skull, into his brain, and out his nose. What? Yeah. And he's alive? Yes, he's alive. So, as this says, without getting into the complicated details of energy <laughs> physics... No one knew what would happen if a proton beam such as this right. would hit a human. Right. Because there's like a huge amount of radiation that goes along with this oh. proton beam. So it's not just the fact that a laser went through his head. It's now the fact that he's also been irradiated. Right. I hope that's the right word. Sounds good. So based on the research... It takes about 500 to 600 rads of radiation to kill someone, but this protein beam contained 200,000 rads. Oh my gosh. And they figured that it would 
be 100% fatal. Like, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but that was ended up not being the case. Based on the amount of energy the beam contained, it was, they figured it would be this massive hole, like, just clean through his face. Right. And how he described it, it was a flash brighter than a thousand suns, Ooh. but he felt no pain. So wow. it was just this huge flash and then nothing. And so I guess the left side of his face, which is kind of where the beam sort of kind of went more towards the left side, I guess, okay. got extremely swelled or oh. is sw- swelled up, swelled up, swelled up. Oh, God. Swollen. <laughs> yeah. It's really swollen now. Thank you, Kaylin. <laughs> so he was rushed to a clinic in Moscow for treatment. Where as soon as he got there, the doctor was like, he's going to die. Like, sorry about it. He was just hit with this fatal dose of radiation. He's got a hole. And so they just figured they would keep him there so they could study his death. (gasps) Like that was (laughs) terrible. (laughs) Yeah. So over the next few days, uh, the skin that had come into contact with the beam uh, peeled over. And once it was gone, the path of the beam, you could see the burns. It had burned his bones and the brain tissue and, like, his face. You could just see it all the way. The I guess even after the accident happened, the nerves continued to burn. Oh, my god! So it left his whole left side of his face completely paralyzed. So, and his left ear was also ineffective. So he can't mm-hmm. hear out of it or anything. But despite all the predictions uh, that he would be dead in a few days, he was still alive and functional. That's crazy. So what they think his survival was most likely attributed to was the fortunate fact that it didn't, the proton beam didn't actually hit any vital parts of his brain. And so (laughs) the part you don't, yeah, I guess um, if it had hit the hippocampus, Hopefully I said that right. Or the frontal lobe. There probably would have been a lot more damage and most likely he would have died. But apparently because it had gone through his brain and not like his heart or an artery, Mm -hmm. like it ended up being much better. (laughs) He was able to, it ended up doing not a lot of damage and his brain rewired itself. And so it just sort of healed itself. Um, Did it like... Since, I don't know if it was, like, hot or anything, but did it, like, cauterize? Because I it, feel like it's a lot of blood. So. Yeah, I think it, yeah, because they don't mention blood here anywhere. So really? it probably did kind of cauterize it as it went. I know head and face wounds, they bleed a lot. Yeah, yeah. So. It was uh, more like the um, lightsaber? lightsaber style, I guess. Whoa. Ugh. So I guess Burgoski did end up getting seizures later. Okay. So he would get the occasional seizure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't experience any mental decline, and wow. he kept working in science and got it, ended up getting his PhD. Holy cow! So I guess he was not able to talk about it for over 10 years. Oh, wow. Because of the secretive nature of the Soviet Union at the time. So wow. he had to sort of keep it on the DL the whole so time. Would, I wonder what he would tell people. Uh, I don't He probably was just like, uh, I don't know what happened. Right. Or, yeah, I mean, I'm sure his family knew, but he couldn't, right. you know, talk to a reporter or anything right. like that. Um, and it had a lot to do with the fact that he was working with nuclear power and working with this proton energy beam and, you know, doing all this high-end sciencey twi- things. That sucks. You can't talk about what happened to you for 10 years. Yeah. 
Uh, it's a long time. So he continued to make periodic visits to the radiation clinic mm. to get uh, routine examinations. And he was actually able to meet a group of people that were victims of other nuclear accidents. Oh, wow. Um, and so he said, like former inmates, we were always aware of one another. And there aren't many of us, but we know each other's life stories. And generally, they are sad tales. <laughs> I know. That wasn't really that inspiring i apologize <laughs> but then again yeah there's there's gonna be some uh, hardship so Brigoski uh is still alive and well today wow and so but there was a very odd effect of oh. this whole situation okay. um he said it essentially provided him with the ultimate chemical peel so the left side of his face has never aged so really? his right side of his face like developed wrinkles and started yeah. to sag and all that and his other side of his face is almost exactly how it was the day of the accident really so, yeah it preserved it in the exact same state that of that day you know people are gonna want that technology <laughs> yeah. can you please you know? shoot a proton beam through my head yeah, so i can right? look amazing forever that's intense so the back of his head through his nose yeah so he never lost his sense of smell no wow. he lost the use of his left ear and of course has seizures right. still to this day but for the most part and it healed up fine like there's mm -hmm. not like a hole in his head anymore no right? and it seems like his brain is just fine. fine and rewired itself it's like a star trek episode now we're all back together is that what happens <laughs> that's exactly how it happens <laughs> that's science people <laughs> that's amazing so I'm yeah surprised i haven't heard that story well it was on the dl for so long right right so i always like to look up strange survival yeah. stories and i came across i was like oh that's, that's great a new one. that's interesting yeah we did something with the face that was interesting yeah what are the odds oh. wow my story was a little bit shorter than yours no I'm it's sorry fine. no 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 <laughs> i think it was really interesting freaking science oh. dude i know i Wish I should probably have learned a little bit more about proton accelerators before we came. I mean, we're not paying you, Michelle, so you don't have to. So. I'm going to look up a proton accelerator. Proton. Can I end this while you're doing that? Or yeah, you fine. It? No, it's okay. Just end it. Whatever. Look at They're big. They're oh over my God. whole lands. Yeah, that's not what I was expecting. I thought it was just like in a lab. Okay, here we go. Okay. A particle accelerator is a machine that uses electromagnetic fields to propel charged particles at very high speeds and energies and to contain them in well-defined beams. There you go. Large accelerators are used for fundamental research in particle physics, i.e., can we create a black hole? You're welcome. I Science! Guess. Didn't know any of those words. I'm not good at it. <laughs> same. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, interesting. Okay. Science, like, guys. That's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, it's good for other people to know, even though I still don't know what it is. Agreed. Uh, Same. That didn't help at all. No, it didn't. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed this episode and get, you know, decorating. Or... Get your Christmas cocktail on. Yeah. I poured myself a new one and now we're freaking done. Isn't it Hanukkah right now, too? Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, girl, everyone. I don't know. <laughs> the worst maybe um now i gotta look up when hanukkah is <laughs> google did know it is actually it ends on monday it ends on monday so yeah, when this, december 6th so when this comes out hanukkah will be over but 
Or the last day of Hanukkah. Last day. I think that's like the big day anyway. Exactly. I mean, I don't know shit about shit. That's clear. And so. You know, we try. All right. <laughs> so if you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now. And yeah, enjoy these cocktails. And we'll see you guys next time for our Christmas episode. Woo woo! All right, goodbye. Bye.